What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast? Are you ready? This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we take you through the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From NXT to Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspective, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in the world of wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean McChesney and CJ Palmasano. Alright, let's get to it. We hit 30, CJ. Hey, we hit 30. 30. We, we hit the number 30. I finally remembered uh, what count it was. That's a number. That is a number. Episode number 30 of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Sean McChesney. CJ Palmasano. We're your hosts. A lot of wrestling to get to today, CJ. We What a week. What a week. We have started to see the changes in Raw. We know Bischoff is not on SmackDown yet. Nope. Uh, you can tell. Although SmackDown wasn't that bad this week, but Raw generally those little, stood those out. sprinkles of Paul Heyman in there for sure. But Raw genuinely st- stood out this week just from beginning to end. We'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about a little bit of uh, Ring of Honor and some Impact Wrestling. Um, as we move along in the program, we will discuss Fighter Fest. We'll discuss what they did right, what they could have done better. We will discuss what everybody's been talking about and that was the Sean Spears chair shot to Cody Rhodes. Did Russo block me on Twitter? <laughs> Did Vince Russo block CJ on Twitter? We're gonna find out all that and more. Um, also, a match that people should watch. CJ is gonna provide that for us a little later. A fun little story from my good friend Joe. Exactly. That he told me today. So let's start CJ with Raw this week. And like we said, Paul Heyman is an executive director of Raw, and from minute one, as soon as that clock struck 8 o'clock Eastern time, you knew Paul Heyman was running the gate out of the ship. We got an S-word out of Corey Graves. And that wasn't blocked out. Oh, put it this way. You started Raw with a match. Mm-hmm. Like, remember last week when we were just like, all right, you're going to have um, Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman Falls Count Anywhere. Oh, great. And then you hear, Braun, to open up the show. You're like, okay, that's Start interesting. Match. That's interesting. Wow, and- a wrestling show starting with a friggin' match. And Unheard when, of. And when Strowman put Lashley through that stage, you hear, thank you, Heyman. All the pyro that WWE was saving for the next, was Saudi, used on that next night. The Saudi Arabia show was used that night. Well, they, they don't even, well, they have to reschedule the Saudi Arabia show because uh, f- um, SmackDown's going to Fox and it's going to Friday nights, so they have to reschedule it. Mm, we'll so maybe see. that's why they used all the pyro on Monday. <laughs> but nonetheless, I thought it was a very decent Raw. Oh, um, dude, it's the best Raw that's happened in there, months. Don't get me wrong, there were points it so where good. it went down a little bit, but overall was very good. Um, I like mean, I compared s- to the, the hot garbage that we've got uh, after that's, 
Yeah, it's been the best Raw in the, at least the a last long, in a long time. time. Absolutely. Overall, a, a good year, probably. Fantastic. I, I think so. Just from, you know, the opening match being a false count anywhere match. Um, the segments itself were pretty good. Um, I know you want to get very in-depth into this. AJ Styles finally turning heel at the end of the night against Ricochet. Oh, baby. The boys are back. The club is back. I know you want to get into that, CJ. Your thoughts. The club is back. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I loved this. I love the idea of Ricochet and AJ squaring off and having a feud together. They were kind of teasing a change in AJ's character. I've been saying AJ needs a little, he needed a little something to kind of switch things up, change gears, you know, um, because not that I don't think he's not a great baby face because he, yeah, he is, he's proven it in everywhere he, he's, he's worked. Um, but he needed something. He was, he wasn't getting stale, but he was about to. And this interaction between Gallows and Anderson, I'm just like, please just put the club back together and turn Styles heel. And that's exactly what they did on Monday. Uh, the main event of the show was Styles and Ricochet in the United States Championship match. And the beginning of the show, Gallows and Anderson, because uh, AJ was kind of like trying to hype him up and talk talk crap to him to, change, uh, to get their asses in gear. Gallows and Anderson did the same thing to them this week. Like, what are you going to do, AJ? And he walked up right to Ricochet, wanted a championship match, and he slapped Ricochet right in the face. Hard, too. Ricochet just smacked him right back. They're square in the face, ready to fight right then and there. But they saved it for later on the match, uh, later on the night. The match, first part of it, ended rather quickly. Uh, within, like, less than two and a half minutes, Styles won and beat Ricochet with a phenomenal forearm. Ricochet had his foot under the rope, which... John Cone came down. Is this this bat bastard John Cone just getting involved <laughs> in all these matches? Uh, just coming down, and he <clears throat> and he said Ricochet's foot was under the rope, so they did a review, and they had to restart the match. Is this the NFL? <laughs> um, Only sport that gets it right, by the way, is tennis. Just want to say that. <laughs> so they restarted the match, and Ricochet beat AJ. Um, I don't remember if they shook hands or not. But they did stand in the ring. They looked at each other, and then Gallows and Anderson went up on the ring apron, and they were just looking at each other. And Ricochet was ready to fight him. And he's like, "Oh, hold on, hold on!" And he's kind of telling Gallows and Anderson to back off. But Anderson says something to him, which I couldn't recall what it was. And then he just punched Ricochet in the face, and they're all just beating the living crap out of Ricochet. It was like him turning heel against John Cena all oh over my again. God. But it this was one was so, better. It was so good. And then they they threw up a two sweet, and right before the raw went off the air. They helped AJ get on the top rope and hit a Styles Clash from the top rope, which, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't ever remember Styles doing that in his tenure in WWE. I don't remember him doing that in TNA at all. I don't remember him. Or I, New Japan or Ring of Honor. I don't. I could be wrong. We could be. I mean, I'm sure he's done it at some point, but I don't think he's done it in WWE. Do you think we'll get a a, a performance center video with Casey's reaction to Ricochet getting the crap beat out of him by the club? Because that one mm, I, I'd pay to see. Not this time. No, we're not going to. We're not going to see that, that. We're not going to show that poor Casey. Uh, Casey, can't. thoughts Sorry. and prayers. Um, <laughs> no, but I loved this. Uh, it just made Styles feel like a big deal, and like because you have Baron Corbin, who's just or Baron. Corbin, who just talks like this, and I'm gonna puts me to sleep. Corbin, who, to his credit, does get genuine genuine heat, and yeah, I like said people that, don't like him. people legitimately don't like him, and, and that's, that's the a, point. That is the point of being healed. But at the same time, 
a lot of heels over the years have been great in the ring and still knew how to get great heat and you could still legitimately not like somebody like Randy Orton, like Edge, like Kevin Owens, like CM Punk, The Rock, Ric Flair. The list goes on and on and on. All those guys I just mentioned were all great in the ring and if they were a heel, they were still able to get people to legitimately hate them. Yep. Corbin, he's nowhere near the caliber of a wrestler as to any of the gentlemen I just mentioned. Nowhere close. I mean, Kurt Angle put him over in an interview recently and said, you know, thinks that he does have potential and there there is still work he needs to do and Corbin could be there, but it's just why they've kind of decided to go with him as a top heel on Raw is beyond me when, you know, Drew McIntyre's right there and he's just he's just Shane McMahon's lackey. But this segment right here with AJ Styles just immediately made him feel like a big deal again. And if they wanted to pull the trigger on AJ and make him the top heel on Raw, they can now. Yeah. Um, I like that they're kind of putting him in the U.S. title mix with Ricochet. Ricochet is still new to the... W- fairly new to the WWE main roster. And having AJ in the U.S. title scene makes that title feel more important because I still think it's a it's a great idea to have guys like AJ or Samoa Joe or Randy Orton hold the mid-card titles because that makes the title more important. Well, you remember the last time AJ held the U.S. championship. That was probably one of the biggest deals in the company. I was there when he won it in Madison Square Garden. Yep. I lost my mind. Yep. Because my girlfriend was saying to me, she's like, oh, why don't you wear an AJ Styles shirt? I'm like, I mean... I don't know. I I love AJ, but I don't think he's going to win tonight. He's not going to win. It's a live show. It's it's a like I say it's it's a house show. They they usually don't they they don't win. They hard they hardly ever have title Very changes. Very rare. Very rare. And she's like, "I just wear the AJ." And never the world title, by yeah. the way. And I'm like, "Fine, I'll wear my AJ one of my AJ style shirts." I did. He won. I lost my mind. Right. And you know what you just mentioned and it's like it's not even that it's just a big deal for AJ, but it now the US Championship is a much bigger deal than it was and mm-hmm. I'll give full it, credit to Samoa Joe. I thought he had a great reign as a champ. Um, you know, you give some guys credit, but the biggest one out of all of them, it, Kevin Owens and AJ Styles. It, it elevates the title, which this particular title, the U.S. title, has just been thrown to the side and not even cared about, and the IC title sometimes, too. But that's so frustrating, too, because we have seen it to its maximum potential to the mm-hmm. point where We've they are main eventing pay-per-views. We've seen guys hold mid-card titles, and they've felt like a big deal. When Rollins was IC champion, when Cena was U.S. champion, when AJ and Kevin Owens right. and Chris Jericho when they were U.S. champion. Like, it was about a year ago where... Seth and Dolph, you know, and it was Extreme Rules, but they main evented in an Iron Man match they for did. the Intercontinental title. They did. So it's like, yes, they've thrown these championships to the side, and believe me, they have. Like, don't even get me started with Shinsuke Nakamura, and that's not his fault. The, but, when he was U.S. champion. Right, but we get so frustrated because we have seen these championships get pushed to the absolute absolute moon, and then we see them get thrown to the side. That's why people get so frustrated over this. I know. Because we have seen how good it's but been. But I think it's good because, obviously... WWE and, and Vince McMahon think AJ Styles is a big deal, and he proved that he's a big deal when he, came, when he came in. So having a big star like AJ in the U.S. title feud with a guy like Ricochet, who is still fairly new, elevates the title. It elevates Ricochet, and we're just going to get great matches between these yep. between these two. Like I really Ricochet has not been as big of a deal on the main roster as he is right now. I would say so. I would agree with that. I mean, his tag team with Aleister Black. As short-lived as it was, it, it was, was good. It was but, good, but but put it this way: you're talking about a possible main event of a pay-per-view here. This match could mm-hmm. main event Extreme Rules. 
I, I I would love for it to be a main event. I don't think it will, but it could. I, I think it's probably going to be Becky and Seth and Corbin and Lacey, but I would love for this match to uh, main event. Extreme it's up Rules. there. It could. I, I would want. I would love for AJ and uh, Ricochet. And to, if you're Heyman, I wouldn't be surprised if he's pushing for it. Yeah, I, I would love it if these guys could work all the way to summer, uh, a little past SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, you know, and if Ricochet could get a win over AJ Styles. I'm all for it. Absolutely. Because that only boosts his stock. Right. And then you look at the guys like, you know, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, possibly, you know, a Raw Tag Team Championship if the, if the, in the mix. Possibly. But if they but this is probably another way Because now they're finally This is probably again. a way to entice them to stay with the company. Well, I think I think it's good now. that You're making them relevant again. You put them back with AJ. I've heard a lot of people say, put Finn on Raw and put those four together. I'd love that. I would love that, too. Obviously, that would lead to a match between AJ and Finn and a storyline, which is all well and good, but the thing is I don't know if we'll ever get that. I really don't know because for as long as because for as long as they've both been on the main roster, one's been on one show and the other's been on the they've other show. They've only faced off once and that was a favor. Because Wyatt Because Wyatt got sick. He got sick and And they asked AJ to do it last minute. And it was a great match. It's one of my, it, it's it, one of my favorite matches between the, the two I've had. On, in and WWE. he flew back from South Africa to do the match, and it was fantastic. South America. South America. Still long flight. You get the no, picture. No, very, very long flight. Anyway, point is, I agree with that. I love for Finn to get with these guys, but this is a start. And again, mm-hmm. like I said before, I think this is a huge deal for Ricochet because again, not, we're not, talking a main event of a not to say that this can't happen. Like after Mania next year, it could happen. Oh like, yeah, like a, uh, Finn could show up back on Raw, or AJ and the Club could show up back on SmackDown. On SmackDown. So um, I could see it happening as long as this stupid the stupid wild card rule goes away. Well, actually, I was just gonna say if the wild card rule doesn't go away, we can do this right now. You could, but I just feel like. Finn is preoccupied not being on TV. Right. And, and somehow and being the Intercontinental Champion in the process. I know. It's so weird. It is so I think, weird. Yeah, I'm going to give it a few weeks because I think when Bischoff comes in after Extreme Rules, I think that changes. I, I think, think we're going to get him and Nakamura at SummerSlam. Whether you... I'm pretty sure you, you said that off mic. I don't know if you had mentioned it prior when we started recording, but that's probably when we're going to get this match at SummerSlam. Yeah. I would think so. Um... So I'm I'm not bashing it yet. I have faith that you know in two and a half three weeks when this pay per view is over that SmackDown is going to start to see the changes that we saw this week on Raw. I think they'll have much better matches. Nakamura and Balor. Maybe oh. they'll kill off Shane be- McMahon. That would be fun <laughs> because because of um, again because of Bischoff coming in. So I think that Bischoff will be like do what you do what do what brought you here. Do what you brought you here. Like do I what said brought you week. here and do what you did in NXT. Yeah, pretty much. Like just had. They had given that kind of freedom to Nakamura and AJ, or more Nakamura for their feud. People would be the mania match would have been so much better. It would have been so much better because people honestly, would have been about you, you know what it is, CJ. It's it's very interesting that for some people believe it's that hard where you have a guy like Heyman and you have a guy like Bischoff. They literally look at these guys and say, "How did you get here? Do that." Exactly. Why I mean, is tri- this Triple difficult? H, Triple H would say the same exact thing. Yep. It's like, why would you? The thing is, why would you sign somebody who was big in a pan, in a sorry in a company like New Japan or Ring of Honor, Impact, wherever they're coming from? Yeah. Why would you stifle their style when they reach 
your main TV right. product. And you know, we were also talking off mic that um, a big reason that Triple H, you know, didn't take over SmackDown was because, God forbid, it was a failed experiment. They could second guess everything, this, this, that. But fast forward when Triple H is the man in charge and you have Heyman and Bischoff under him, wrestling's going to be so much fun in a couple of years, CJ. Like, I'm not even kidding you. It's going to be a blast. WWE's going to get, I'm telling you, WWE's going to come out of the ground. They're going to be great again. Give it 10, 15 years. AEW's going to be fantastic. Because Triple H isn't taking over until Vince is dead. No, no, I know. But unless the XFL is... Like fully taking over. Unless the XFL is a huge success and he does have to step away. My point is, Mm -hmm. when that happens, in about... I'll go five to seven, honestly. I think we're going to get that. I don't think he's going to be dead in five to seven years. But then again, he is, you know, almost... How old is he? He's... In his mid seventies. Okay, so let's say I still think in five to seven years, I think pro wrestling is going to be so much fun, and with the WWE contributing to that. I think it has the potential to be a lot more fun now, considering what's going on with AEW. Yeah. Um, well, that's um, that's a big reason I think Hammond and Bischoff were brought in. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, I, I truly think that if AEW wasn't around, we'd be still getting like a terrible same product. same old crap. Yeah, terrible product. Um. The few things on SmackDown that were, I wouldn't say alarming, but definitely worth talking about was the Joe and Kofi segment. Oh, my God. If there was ever a time to put the title on Samoa Joe. It's right now. It's right now. I don't think they're going to do it. No. But. I think they're going to do it over time. It's it's just, that was one of his best performances Mm -hmm. on the mic. I think he's the best person on the mic in WWE who's a wrestler because you got Heyman who's great on the mic too but as a wrestler when when it comes to cutting promos Joe is the best one yeah and it's you know what it's funny because it's very not say difficult but you don't see the combination of both in somebody Joe is one of the best professional wrestlers on the planet and at the same time he could take the mics that you and I are holding and embarrass the ever living crap out of us I mean, and then put us in a chokehold Brian is really good too but I just think Joe it's just on another level. Yes, and you know what? He's been that way for years. Like, you put a mic in his hand. I don't know if you remember this. Remember 2007, that TNA pay-per-view where Scott Hall didn't show up and he absolutely ripped everyone a new one? I don't know if you remember that. I don't. So, 2007, long story short, they were in a they were in a six-man tag. It was at the Turning Point pay-per-view in TNA. So, it was a month after the Bound for Glory pay-per-view, like the big one that they have. And Wasn't that the one where like they had the most buys with Joe and Angle? Or was that Slammiversary? That was, I think, a lockdown that they did that match. But they but they were in the program together. Because Jericho so was, mentioned on, because he does these parody prediction uh, podcasts with, yeah. with uh, I forget his name. Uh, I don't know. He's the son of the current drummer for ACDC. <laughs> and he works with Fozzie. Right. Anyway. And, but he said, like, the biggest pay-per-view buy in TNA Impact's history was Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle for the title. They had multiple ones for that. I'm going to assume it was lockdown because that's the one that Joe finally won the championship. Point of the story is mm. they have this six-man tag. It's Joe, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash versus, I believe, Tomko, AJ Styles, and Kurt Angle, and Kurt Angle was the champion. Scott Hall no-shows the event. Basically, Joe says, you know, they want me to come out here, talk to all of you, and make the best of it. But then I remembered that they just gave me a live mic on pay-per-view. And literally, (laughs) Mike today just goes, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. And he (laughs) destroys Scott Hall, destroys Kevin Nash, who's standing right next to him because they're boys. And at one point during the promo, he literally looks at Dixie Carter, I guess, who was it, and he's like, oh, go ahead, fire me. I don't care. 
on the mic. So my, the point of the story I'm trying to make, and I know it was, was a much longer story than short, I've noticed this from Joe for years. So that segment on, on SmackDown, it's not that I didn't think he could do it. I'm just surprised that they, pu- that they pulled it off. But I knew well, the whole time, like, that's Samoa Joe for you. I mean, him reaching out his hand and going, this is a promise right now. You shake my hand right now. I promise not to hurt anyone who's near and dear to your heart. And I'm just like, what's some cold, cold stuff there, man. And Kofi just flips from the bird and hits from the trouble in paradise. Yep. So I'm invested in this feud. Um, I'm more invested in this feud. Uh, I'm invested almost as much as I am with with the Daniel Bryan story, mm-hmm. where he was chasing the title. Mm-hmm. I just wish Joe was on SmackDown for this, though. I know. That's the thing. That's like, the problem. That's the problem. I know he's not going to win because he's, on, he's on Raw. Raw. He's on Raw. I know he's not going to win the Unless title. Unless somebody comes over from SmackDown and beats Seth Rollins, it's not happening. I think Heyman and Bischoff should make a rule. Just within the next few weeks, get rid of the wild card rule. Or even the of extreme rules, say, if you are someone from Raw or SmackDown, and if you are going after the opposite brand's title, you are going to that brand if you win that title. If you win the WWE Championship and you're on Raw, you are now on SmackDown. That doesn't even have to be an on-screen rule. Just off-screen. It doesn't have to be. But be an off-screen rule. That should really... It should... I mean, guys who are on Raw should go off the championships that are on Raw. Yes. Guys who are on SmackDown should go off the championships that are on SmackDown. And honestly, that's the other thing, too. You have you have Samoa Joe coming over from Raw to challenge for the WWE title. No one's challenging for the Universal title because it's freaking red. <laughs> Honestly, it's Raw's title. WWE Championship is SmackDown's title. So you know Joe's not going to win in Extreme Rules. I know. I mean, mainly when, when for you that make, reason. you make a friggin' title where the leather of the belt is red, clearly that's a Raw right. championship. And if it's won by a guy on SmackDown, guess what? Two nights later, it's going to be blue. Oh, my God. Clear as crystal. Now, title's been around three, going on four years next summer. It's... So far, it's only been on Raw. Good for you. But again... Well, it was so, on SmackDown once with but again, Rollins, but still... It's it, just, but no one on SmackDown's won it. That's the point. Yeah, exactly. My point is, like, when you have Joe and Kofi, it's a great rivalry, but Joe's on Raw. He's not winning the championship. You're not going to have both world titles on Raw. I kind of hope we're wrong. I hope we're wrong, too. I kind of hope we're wrong and Joe does win. I hope we're wrong, too. But if Joe does win, he better go back to SmackDown because the idea of having no world championship on SmackDown... Speaking of guys on SmackDown... Where's Roman Reigns been on SmackDown, Sean? I don't know. Oh, he's been on Raw. Even though he's the best acquisition in SmackDown Live history, and he's the face of SmackDown Live. Nope. Remember when we thought that him being on SmackDown was a great move, but he's only been on SmackDown, I think, three times since the shakeup? Not three times, but... You get my point. (laughs) But the thing is, he's done Raw. He did Raw just as much as he did SmackDown, and now he's just on Raw again. Yeah. Like, again, the brand split is just dead. It's either, put it this way. Again, I think... I I hope we're right on this, that they fix this, and mm-hmm. they bring it back. Because you don't need the wild card rule if you just do it right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not that hard. Just, and the roster's after the superstar shakeup. You and I said, not bad. You have guys and girls who you're doing nothing with where the time where these Raw and SmackDown guys and girls... When they're showing up on the opposite brands, you could use that time for somebody else. You can use that time for Buddy Murphy on SmackDown. You could use that time on Raw for, I'm trying to think here, someone like the Usos. I mean, the Usos were showing up on SmackDown. Remember the potential they had going to Raw? That's dead. Yeah, I know. 
Roman Reigns is dead. Well, he's not actually dead. Well, no, not actually. God God bless. Just, but it's but it's like, and then the Miz showing up on Raw and SmackDown all the time, and Elias showing up on Raw and SmackDown all the time. It's just yeah. like, it just makes no sense. And again, you it had doesn't the, it doesn't make anybody feel special. You had the superstar shakeup, and both rosters felt so fresh. Like you had Balor and Reigns go to SmackDown. You had Raw all to Seth Rollins, right? Yeah, Kofi is the champion on SmackDown. Joe went to Raw. The the rosters felt so fresh. And then here we are. We're going flip flop, flip flop. And I'm like, could we just stop with this stupid wild card rule, no, no. please? I feel like it's every week we just. Tear this roll of pieces. It really is because you know what? It doesn't make any sense. I remember when, remember when Vince McMahon announced it on Raw, AJ just had the face of, and then he made that a meme. He, but he even said he's like, "What are you what, doing? What don't you understand? Three superstars on SmackDown, on Raw, and which turned into five, six, Smackdown, seven, eight, or whoever the hell three wants to know. On SmackDown, control on SmackDown. You, you got it. Like, and AJ's you, like, like, you just said SmackDown. Wrestlers on SmackDown could show up on SmackDown. Yeah. AJ's okay. looking at him going, "What are you doing? I know the face he's giving Vince is hilarious." And um, the other the other thing that happened on SmackDown, um, we got um, Heavy Machinery now in a triple threat match for the tag titles with a New Day and Brian Rowan. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's gonna be good. Um, if they can again, if they can delay Heavy Machinery winning the tag titles at SummerSlam, that'd be a really good story of them chasing the titles. Yes. Um, but the bi- but the big thing that I believe closed the show, um. Owen's apparently turning babyface. He kind of turned babyface in the beginning of the show when Dolph came out. He's like, "Oh no, wait! I know what you're gonna say that it's been eight years and yeah. it should have been you and it should have been you." And he's just make ripping Dolph's like, oh, they're shreds. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I mean, I don't mind a babyface Kevin Owens. I said to you off mic that we didn't really got a chance to see babyface Kevin Owens because he was he turned heel so abruptly because of Biggie's injury. Right. There really is no reason why he randomly turned face. Would have liked it, but not gonna not gonna hate on it. I just don't like that he uses the stunner as a finisher as a baby face. I like the pop up power bomb. Yes, the pop up power bomb is great. You, I mean, there are instances where, and I did say this to you off mic that when a wrestler turned heel, they did kind of change up their style and they kind of maybe change. Yeah, you their brought answer. up Neville off like, mic. Like Neville was an example. He. He would use the rings of Saturn more often, the submission move, and only ever use the red arrow unless he absolutely needed it. Um, like if it was a special pay per view or something, or if it was like a you know a giant match, and something he, like he's that. He's done everything in his arsenal except that. Right. I mean, Rollins when he was a heel kind of changed up his style and did less high flying moves and was more grounded. I get changing the style, but Kevin Owens didn't really change his style in the ring. He just changed his finisher. Well, that's a big... I'm, you know, you bring that up how, like, Seth was, you know, less high-flying when he became a heel. I remember WrestleMania 33 when it was Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. That was one of the big reasons Kevin Owens got in trouble because he was doing too much high-flying, you know, face work when he should have been the dominant heel against Jericho. When I watched that match back, I thought he was number one. Um, but, you know, you just brought that up. It just popped in my head. But, you know, you may continue. Well, I just think Kevin Owens as a babyface uh, can work. It can work. It's just me personally, I don't like him using the stunner as a finisher. I, th- right. I just think it's just the most famous person to use a stunner was Austin. I, I mean, if it's a move that's in your arsenal once in a while, like there are people who use other people's moves in the past. Right. Cena used it off the top rope or off, top yeah. rope, uh, off the middle rope. Ember Moon has a weird version of it that ends as a stunner. No, that's... The Eclipse is great. Well, the Eclipse, I mean, yes. 
And this just popped in my head too. But but still, Orton, it's it's not the stunner. She has her own version of it. Dallas Page and Orton have the same finisher essentially. Mm-hmm. They have the same one, but they do tweak it to kind of make it unique, right? In their own way. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. Well, Randy Orton has found every single which way to use it. Where DDP was the creator of it, and you know, even you remember it all in, it can still deliver I, it like I, he's I in the ring. I would say he was the creator of it. The cutter was around for a while. Well, I mean, he was the first person to really use it. I would think popularize it. Popularize it. Yes. Thank you. For sure. But Randy Orton has said, "Okay, how can we use this? Okay, you go to the top of the ladder, do a double backflip, and try to land on my shoulder." That's how we're going to do it. So while DDP really popularized it, Randy Orton found every which way to make it more unique than the last time he used it. Right. Like, imagine Seth Rollins. All right, I'm going to pop off the back of your neck and land in your arms. That's still my favorite RKO Which to this day. It's still my favorite one. That one and Evan Bourne doing the shooting star press into the RKO years before. I agree. And especially because how Seth and Randy Orton have both publicly said that we didn't get it right until right there, and we were originally not going to do it. Yeah, Rollins talked about it when he came back. And at the last minute, they're like, eh, why not? It's only live TV with 80,000 people watching, and that was the one time they got it right. And that's why when Randy Orton got up, he didn't go for the pin you just got so excited because yeah. they got it right <laughs> the ref in the match was reminding him you gotta cover him gotta cover him, him. oh yeah that's right <laughs> um i didn't think it mattered he could have counted to 100 seth was dead <laughs> i would just think just personally i'm all for kevin again side dragging here kevin owens babyface love it just have him stop using the stunner yes um go back to the pop-up power bomb you don't have to do the one on the apron anymore because that one is very you know violent you don't have to do that one anymore but but the pop-up power bomb i don't see why you would get rid of it I would hope that Bischoff gets involved very soon because, like I said before, there are a lot of guys who could really do great on the show. Like Buddy Murphy. Big fan of Buddy Murphy, and he's just been fantastic. I mean, I mean, you and I have been watching him since his NXT days, and we saw him take over Brooklyn 1 when he was in tag team with uh, Wesley Blake. I mean, he was great back then. He's always been great, but he's really shined in the past year or so. Yeah. Um... Another thing to touch upon that happened on Raw, the whole Mike and Maria situation. Interesting. Interesting and weird. I mean, with Heyman kind of steering the ship on Raw and having Mike and Maria Kanellis on Raw, I'm all for it. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I'm happy that they're finally getting some TV time. Because he was doing some pretty good stuff on 205 Live. I caught some of the stuff that he was doing. and Because Mike... Canales, Bennett, whatever you want to call him, he's 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 very good. Yes, he's very good. And Maria really, when she was on the Indies, she really came into her own as a great heel manager. Because before, I even I, I think I said it on here. She was pretty much Anna Ferris, right? I yeah. said that like in the last couple episodes ago. That was her gimmick. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she's really coming to her own, and so is Mike. Uh, she really is pregnant, apparently. That is confirmed. They confirmed that. Uh, she confirmed that on Instagram, and WWE confirmed that on, on Twitter. And uh, I still thought she, how funny it was when she said it on Raw, and Mike was like, you're what? <laughs> she, she, uh, just like, like some, you're not even a man. You couldn't even impregnate me. I might as well have Becky Lynch try and did you have see, a baby. And did, she goes, you're welcome. <laughs> did you see the meme of uh, Jim Ross just with his thumbs up going, I'm here for this? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, again, like we go back to what we said before. You could start seeing the seeds of Paul Heyman on Raw. You could yeah. start seeing it. And those guys really were not handled well from the very beginning. Um, but, I mean, that's kind of apparently 
uh, to Mike's own doing because they offered him an NXT contract and he said, no, I want a main roster contract because right. I'm main roster talent. That's all well and good having faith in yourself, but had they gone to NXT, they probably wouldn't wouldn't have been in the situation that they, they got. They probably would have done too. a lot better with him. He probably would have been the NXT champion. Probably, but again, still Maria probably was still gotten pregnant, had their baby, and um, he had his own personal issues with, right. with uh, addicting uh, painkillers, I think it was. I think it was painkillers. Either way, he had demons. Yeah, he had his own personal demons, which they which he's gotten through, and good for him. Um, but I'm happy to see where this th- where things go yeah. for him. Um, Shelton Benjamin has a new gimmick of just smiling and just looking around and he, not doing he's anything. He's the weird new fourth grader in class. <laughs> I, I guess. Like, oh, Shelton, who do you think is going to win between Samoa Joe and Kofi Kingston for the championship? Uh, and he's just like looking there and he's just kind of confused and he smiles like, I don't know. Like, like it, it's it's weird. Apparently it's a change in character. I, we'll see how things go moving forward. Um, maybe he's part of Bray Wyatt's uh, clan. You never know. I don't know. We've been seeing the puppets. We have been seeing the puppets. Uh, it's happening. That, like when people are coming to the ring, we see him. We saw Mercy the Buzzard, and I think we saw uh, who's what's the girl's name? Uh, Ab- isn't that Abigail? Is that Sister Abigail? Sister Abigail, yeah. I think it is. Uh, we saw her a couple weeks ago. Um, Huskus the pig was around. <laughs> I mean, that was Huskus Husky Harris. Yeah, that's get exactly it. it. Um, so Bray Wyatt's coming soon. Would you say? Just a speculation right now. If he, who would you say will be Alistair Black's opponent in Extreme Rules? Because he's because in his promo this week he said that I was happy that someone finally knocked on my door. But when I opened it, no one was there. Fair play to you, sir. And pretty much in the end, he says, you know, I will be showing up in Extreme Rules to see who who it was. So there can be a few options here. Bray is one for sure. It would be really good, but. Neither one of them could afford a loss. Right. You need to build the two of them. I feel you need to build the two of them up first and then eventually. Bring my speculation, match. we said this off mic, was Seamus. He is cleared. He's on the road with the company again. My speculation was him. But if you're going to, you know, give Re- Seamus wrestle- this big return, same thing. Can't afford a loss for either of them. Wrestle votes uh, are claiming, and they are, they're fairly credible. Most of the time they're right. Mm-hmm. They're claiming that it's Cesaro, which if it is, oh, yes, please give me Black and Cesaro. That would be fantastic. Right. And that's um, more of a guy where Cesaro can take the loss, I think. Yes. It would suck for Cesaro. Out but of the three guys that we just said, he would be the one most likely to take it. I mean, currently, I just... I mean, Black really needs a win over someone with a fairly big name. I don't. And Cesaro can give him the best match. I think so too. I mean, there are a lot of other people who are really preoccupied at the moment that I just don't see. Right. I don't see anybody from like. I think Bray is going to come in when we least expect it into a big rivalry scene. Like he, like with. I would say honestly, he can he can take out Kofi after the match. I would say Bray. And I just got an idea. Like they're going to give him something big. I would think Bray when he returns. I can easily see him just getting involved in the championship picture. Yeah, I think they're giving him summer, something huge. Slam. Yeah. Like, I can see him being the one taking the title off of Kofi. You think that quick? I mean... You what? don't think it'll be Shane McMahon? <laughs> Bischoff said recently Bischoff's that not doing if it. there are any plans that involve Shane McMahon winning the championship, we're not doing that. They're getting scrapped. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Eric gets it. Be like <sighs> Eric. Um, 
Taker and Roman's match with Shane and Drew got a no holds barred stipulation, which is good for the Undertaker. Yeah, because which gives him more opportunity they, to do new things. They can, because Drew and Shane can beat him down and take him out for a while, and then they can just beat the crap out of Roman for a while, and then Taker comes in for the save, and he does his greatest hits, and he can win the match. Right, you may get a few chair shots at the back here or there. And gives did, him more opportunity. to And do I something. don't know if this is credible or not, but I heard it is a rumor. That they might want to do Corbin versus Taker at, at SummerSlam. So my bedroom right now is two stories up. Because um, <laughs> if that's confirmed, that I'm going to open that one. No, thank you. <laughs> I climb do up not want to see Corbin versus Taker. Oh my God. I mean, why? I mean, no, I don't understand it. Because listen, I know the plans right now are Drew and Taker at Mania, which signed me the hell up for that. I'm all for it. I'd be even okay if they did Drew and Taker at SummerSlam. Well, I was leading to that. I said, if you're going to continue this rivalry, I'd actually be fine with Shane and Undertaker at SummerSlam. At least that makes a little bit of sense with what they're doing right now. I wouldn't. I would rather have McIntyre at SummerSlam and then maybe down the line give, give uh, Taker someone like Black or Demon Balor. Um, because what we've seen in Taker's matches recently, if he's having to pick up someone who's really big, like the Goldberg match recently, he struggles to right. pick them up. Um, someone like Black or Balor would be good because they they don't weigh two fifty plus. Like Black is like two fifteen, and Balor is like one ninety or something. Like you know, he they're fairly light. Right. So McIntyre is probably pushing two sixty, maybe two seventy. Yeah, I like the idea of McIntyre because him being a guy who can say like I retired the Undertaker is really great for him going as a yeah. heel moving forward. It can be great for Black. It could be great for Black, Balor, or McIntyre. But if I had to choose one between the three, I kind of would want... It's between Black and Balor, Demon Balor. Because I think the spectacle of Demon Balor versus Taker would be really, really cool. Of course. The, those entrances alone would be fantastic. Who would you send out first in regards to the entrance? Have to be Demon Balor, right? Probably Balor, yeah. Pro probably Balor. Unless you give Undertaker the whole, you know, minister before the gong sort of entrance, then you could put him out first. Yeah. And we're, this is just fantasy booking, guys. Like we, yeah. But but like both but, of but them Black, would have entrances to go but second. Black so. has a great entrance too. Yes. Black would be great too. But I just think that. Demon Balor's entrance is like on the same level as an Undertaker yes. entrance. Like that was the one thing like we were at WrestleMania this year we were both there in attendance and the Intercontinental title match was the second to last match of the night and we were just so tired at that point but that was one of the big things we were still looking forward to was the Demon Balor entrance I even I, though we only saw the second half Even of it. if I'm not invested in a storyline that Finn Balor has in Demon Balor I still get excited right. about Demon Like Balor you remember entrance. the SummerSlam match with Corbin where number one we didn't even know we were getting Demon Balor and all it of a sudden the lights went out like I remember texting you going can we just end this and then dot 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 Never right mind. There. Lights flashing red. I'm like, oh my god, no way. He's here. Like, and then the next night, we are officially revoking your win because it wasn't you. <laughs> you sent out an imposter. Yeah, no, that was great. Um, anyway, I think we've kind of covered most of the stuff that's going on in WWE right now. Yeah. Uh, overall, I think the seeds of Paul Heyman are finally starting to. We are on the way up. We're on to a very good track. Yep. If Raw can continue that way, and if SmackDown can 
following Raw's footsteps. And I think SmackDown will once Extreme Rules is over, maybe even before that. Yeah. Because we're at least going to start seeing some influence. I know he's not starting until after Extreme Rules, but maybe we'll start seeing, okay, we're doing it like this on Raw. Why don't we try something similar on SmackDown, see Mm -hmm. how it goes. And maybe we've already seen that because SmackDown was pretty decent this week. So maybe we've already seen it. Either way, I think we're on the fast track up, uh, which is very good. It was a great first start. Let's keep going. Let's kill off Shane McMahon after Extreme Rules. And, yeah, we're, we're going to start a hashtag for that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, hashtag <laughs> so, kill off Shane. Uh, the stuff that's going on with outside of WWE and AEW. Um, Fighter Fest was this weekend. It was this weekend, but the night prior was ROH Best in the World. It was. The big thing that happened that night was Flip Gordon joined Villain Enterprises, which is the group led by the villain Marty Skrull uh, and his members Brody King and PCO. If you've watched Being the Elite, uh, Flip Gordon was always kind of like someone who was always there. He was invested, like the Bucks had investment in him. At first, they kind of like, to- the Bullet Club, when they were Bullet Club, they tormented him. But then the Bucks kind of like, they became friends. Welcome to Ring of Honor. And, yeah. <laughs> After the revival. <laughs> and Cody was, uh, just couldn't. St- torture him. Just torture him. Torture couldn't, him. Couldn't stand him. Put him through hell until he like could. Where do you think you're going? Until he finally like snuck in the battle royal at all in and then got into the ROH world title. Remember that one in the Beanie Elite where Cody's just standing back there? He's like, "All right, he's booked." Yeah, everyone's going, "He's booked, Cody's booked." Like, like, "He's booked, (laughs) he's booked," and everyone starts clapping. Yay! Um, But yeah, like being the elite seriously helped a guy like Flip Gordon, who if. They helped him get a lot of character development. Bully Ray did that too for Flip Gordon. Right, like uh, absolutely torturing him leading up to the final battle. To get you invested in Flip Gordon as a character. And we were also because, there at final yeah, battle we were. to see that street fight. It was really good. I, the One of the better matches that, of the night. Yeah. Flip Gordon, story-wise, before all this, he was a really athletic guy. He was great in the ring, but he was just one of those guys who was really great in the ring but didn't really have any character. Now he has a character. Um... He, I think, is a guy who Ring of Honor should just build the company around. Yeah, push to the moon. He reminds me a lot of early AJ Styles. Yeah. When he was in Ring of Honor and, and TNA, just build around Flip Gordon as the top babyface because I think he truly can be a huge draw for them someday. But now he has turned heel and he's joined Villain Enterprises. So, so I'm curious he, that Marty is still with the company. Well, his contract isn't up yet. Well, I th- well, uh, there's a lot of speculation of when his contract will be up. I, that's the thing. I guess I it's would, not up I yet. I would think it's, he's going to be there for a while. At if, least probably another if, six months. If Flip has joined. Another thing I just thought of, they, for however long Marty's going to be in Ring of Honor, and if he is going to go to All Elite, which he probably will, we could see a feud between Gordon and Flip. I'm sorry, Gordon and Skrull, where eventually it could lead to a match where loser leaves the company, leaves the company, or loser is out of the group or whatever. And that, and that could also that, that could, could also be your eventual world title match. It could be. That could be your evolution, like you just said, of Flip being pushed to the top. I can see that. Like eventually, I think you can do that. It would write Marty off TV, uh, off Ring of Honor TV. And then you can have you could have Flip be a babyface for the remainder of his contract because I think he's going to go to All Elite too. Or at some point you could in his life. have uh, 
flip be a heel and still have Brody King and PCO on his side. Well, I think, you know, we, we again, this is all fantasy booking, but that itself just is a good idea because I think at one point, now that we know Flip is sticking around for at least a little while longer, or I'm sorry, that Marty's Flip sticking around for a little longer, number one, I think Villain Enterprise is going to help him win the Ring of Honor title. At some, I, I feel like he has to at He some has point, to at you know? some point. So we just mentioned, you know, Flip versus uh, Marty for the Ring of Honor title. Loser leaves the company or leaves the group or whatever. You know, Flip might get tired. He might be like, you know, all we've been doing is helping you. And then you start seeing that friction between the two after Marty mm-hmm. becomes the champion. You have the match. You book the match. Marty's last match in Ring of Honor. He goes off to AEW. Flip carries Ring of Honor for the remainder of his contract. Because I, I think he's going over too. I think Flip's... Uh uh, nickname in Villain Enterprises is he's the mercenary. Okay, I think that's what it is because he released a shirt today, which is, looks really cool. What a shock! Me liking wrestling t-shirts. Yeah, you're wearing <laughs> Hangman Page's Elite t-shirt. Yes, I am. I'm wearing Hangman Page's Elite shirt. Um, I think, but yeah, that's that was really the big news that came out of Ring of Honor this weekend. One of the big stories that came out. Um, right. also and credit to Ring of Honor, for, not for staying up afloat, but keeping people entertained through this whole new revolution of wrestling. They got a lot of great guys in that They roster. have a lot they've of potential. Kind of, they've kind of flown under the radar with All Elite and after the, the MSG show, but they still have a lot of great guys coming right. in. Right. And they still have a partnership with New Japan. Right. You pay attention to the product for five minutes. They're still good. Yeah. It's, They're it's, fine. It's still good. They're, They're more Ring, than Ring of Honor is going to be fine. Yeah. Um. Impact uh, this weekend has the anniversary. Now right, we don't really, we really don't cover Impact Wrestling a whole lot. We don't really follow it, but there are some guys and girls who we do like a lot. And there's one match in particular that we are actually very interested, especially me, is Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar, no, Sammy Callahan is not a girl. Sammy Callahan is a man, and he is probably the most despised heel in wrestling right now the most despised the most consistently despised heel over the last couple of years i would say yes oh yeah for sure yeah so it's an intergender match um tessa blanchard has worked intergender matches before uh against brian cage uh i think i said never really on a stage like this though no it's never really been highlighted and i think it's mostly been independent and i think they're trying to really bring back the whole intergender thing because matches between men and women can be good. She had a tag match with Pentagon and Phoenix like months and months ago. Yeah. I don't remember who her tag partner was, but I remember seeing highlights from that match and was like, oh my God. Like, Pentagon hit a package pile drive to her. I'm like, ooh, damn. But there are rumors that Tessa is good. <laughs> The yeah, point that, is, that's, though... That's another thing. Like, the grass is green. The grass is green. The no, sky te- is blue on a nice day. Texas like, is big. Texas is big. That's actually where they're holding Slammiversary in Dallas. Is it really? Yep. Okay. So... It's only like the fifth time in five years to holding it in Dallas. Oh yeah, but, but, but Tessa is, is great. She's one of my favorite female wrestlers. Just one of my favorite wrestlers currently. Great she, character. She's only 23 years old. She comes from a wrestling family. Uh, from from Tully Blanchard, her being her father, Magnum TA being her stepfather, so she has wrestling in her blood, and she's kind of gone the opposite route of, of Charlotte Flair, where Charlotte just went through the WWE system, and even though she's Ric Flair's daughter, people just immediately they don't think of Rick when they see Charlotte. Charlotte yeah. is her own person, and I think similar to Tessa, Tessa is her own person too. Um, I saw a clip where like 
I think Callahan's faction, I don't know his faction, the other guys that were holding Tessa back, and then he just hits Tessa in the face of the boot, and the boot connected right to her face. <clears throat> um, pretty nasty. Not as nasty as one of the certain spots we'll be talking about in a few minutes. Yeah. But um, I think this is a really good step for intergender wrestling because we don't really see it that often. I think this is the first big pay-per-view in a while that we're going to see a match of this caliber. I also think this match is going to change the game and kind of bring intergender wrestling back. And I'm not saying WWE is going to do it tomorrow, but you might start seeing it more in AEW. You might start seeing it more in Ring of Honor and New Japan. I think this well, match... Well, New Japan doesn't have a ring, uh, women's division. Okay, so Ring of Honor. That's, that's how much I watch New Japan compared to you. My point is, this match is going to open the doors for this. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that. Anyway, you may continue. The women uh, in Japan, a big group... Uh, company is called Stardom, where it's an all-women uh, roster. B. Priestley's there, Tony Storm is so there. So let's talk about Stardom anyway. then. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's pretty much the little things here and there, but then let's get into AEW. Let's get into Fighter Fest. Fighter Fest. This Which, by really the way, good. the Being the Elites and then the Being the Elite of Fire Fest were hysterical with Kenny. Oh, just this past week? Yeah. <laughs> Kenny's trying to it's, keep control of the roster. It's a real shoot that Omega... Omega's gear did not come in time. Yes, that the, was true. The person on the phone that he talked to said, like, oh, I'll get to you by Monday. He's like, mm, I, need, I it need it now. I need it tonight. I need it tonight. So, uh, I think they may do. I think they did. The show was really good. Not as good as Double or Nothing. But right. There were, I, there were things. I still really enjoyed this match. Like, the, yes. again, towards the Moxley end. Janela was incredible. Oh, I loved Moxley and Janela. Like, that one was... There were a few moments in that match where I almost had to look away. Like, I can't believe these two are doing this to each other. I mean... That... Honestly, taking that... Taking his shoe, his boots taking off. Taking his boots off and, and shoving his, his feet, feet into, into the tacks. thumbtacks. His feet were bleeding. That was everything that they asked for that match to be. I mean... That's why they were the main it, event of Fire Fest. It was brutal. Yep. And like I said, we did the predictions last week. It was going to be brutal. It was going to be... Of real, like if you're squeamish, like be prepared for Don't some watch really it. brutal spots. Yep, like I bet the Young Bucks pulled those two aside and they said, We want you two to go out there and beat the ever living daylights out of each other with anything you can find. Well, you know, we want blood, we want we want gruesome moments, and the only thing we hope for is that you're both okay at the end. But like, we we are asking for this to be brutal, we're putting you in the main event for that reason. And to both of them, their credits they delivered. I mean, Moxley just. He's really just been doing such. Other, he he's only had like three matches since he's come since he's left WWE. Yeah, and he's on such a tear. And he's the IWGP US champion too. Yep. And first match in Japan. Mm-hmm. First match in, in New Japan. And he's in the G1 this summer. And he's in the G1. Mox- and he's and he's setting up for a possibly a career changing match with Kenny Omega in a couple of months at All Out. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you don't have to be in WWE anymore, folks. No. You can do it somewhere else. Right. You can make money in wrestling, seriously, really good money, and just about anywhere. And like Moxley said too, it's not even about the money. No, that's not. why he didn't stay. Um. Oh, excuse me. Long day, people. Oh, long day. Anyway, CJ had to leave Manhattan today. Oh God, if you are aware of what happened in the news today. Anyway, <laughs> not going to get into that. That's boring. Um. So the Elite versus Lucha Bros and Ladero Kid. This is my first time seeing Lodero Kid. He's really good. Wasn't impressed. really familiar with him until Fighter Fest. Me neither. I had no idea who this guy was. Uh, but I knew if he was going to be in this match, I knew he had to be really good. Right. I mentioned like a week or two ago seeing the highlights that he had with Sammy Guevara. 
at that Triple A show where the the uh, uh, Lucha Bros beat the Young Bucks back for the Triple A tag titles. I think uh, I'm like, oh, he's he's really good. Uh, but in that match, they've really hinted more between Omega and Pentagon. Yeah. Which I'm trying to think, where do they fit that in? Well, I mean, he's got Chima at at Fight for the Fallen. Maybe and then, after All Out. And then he's got Moxley. Because you remember, they had that match at All In, and it's almost like it was one of those matches where we're like, man, I would give my left arm to see that again. So One thing they could do is... Jesus. Uh, sorry. Keep yawning. Um, that could be the first... TV? First main event of TV? Maybe. Maybe you do that. Maybe it's like um, Pentagon versus Kenny Omega. Winner faces the All Elite Wrestling Champion at the next pay-per-view. Right. And maybe you, you probably have Jericho Omega 3. Winner take all at that point. It's one title. We mean winner take Meaning all. it's the third match. So Okay. Third match. There. It's the best of three. That's what I mean. Okay. All right. But your point, exactly. Maybe you do that in the first main event of TV, or maybe you do that at one of the next few pay-per-views. I think... Them putting focus on it, but you not really having an idea of where it's going to fit is actually something very good. I can see Pentagon kind of taking out Shima and then he inserting himself into a fight for the Fallen. I could see that happening. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Because, um, again, people are the, waiting for that match again. I, when I was watching the pay-per-view, it was a graduation party for my sister and one of her friends who she's currently in a production of... Uh, oh, she's going to kill me. I can't remember. Little Shop of Horrors. They got uh, her friend. Excuse me. I'm so tired. Um, he was kind of familiar with what was going on in wrestling, but he doesn't really watch it. But he's a big video game guy, and he was aware of who Kenny Omega was because Omega's done a lot of commentary for, like, fighting tournament uh, games. And he saw, like, their Street Fighter entrance, and he's like, that was so freaking cool. Yeah. Kenny Omega, man, that's so great. Like, and he actually watched the match with me, and he thought it was really cool. And he even said to my sister one point, he's like, "Your, excuse me, your brother makes me want to watch wrestling again." So, CCJ, you have a positive impact on other I lives. I do. I have a very positive <laughs> impact. Um, no, and that's, I think that's the overall goal that AEW wants to do. They want to bring fans back. They want to bring fans back, and they want to make people have fun watching wrestling again. Yeah. And I think they've done that so far. Um, I've talked to many of my friends, just it's just an off-topic thing, that, you know, watch it here or there, but not really or whatever, and then they watch Double or Nothing, and they're like, I gotta get back into this. Like, that was awesome. And then they watch Fighter Fest. I gotta get back into this. Like, wrestling is fun again. And I'm like, you're damn right it is. And I also said, and I said, and don't just count AEW. WWE looks like crap right now, but they are going to get their act together. And in a few years from now, this is going to be a fun sport to watch. For for the next year, I think we're going to be in for a fun ride with pro wrestling. Absolutely. And that's everyone included. I think everything. I think as far as, like, where people can work and everything, the business is as healthy as it's ever been. Absolutely. As bad as WWE looks right now, because mm-hmm. again, one Raw can't change what we've seen over the last no, few no, years. No, it can't fix everything. But it's going to get mm-hmm. good. I promise. It's going to. Another um, really good, I wouldn't say amazing match, but really good match was Daniels and Shima opening the show. That was a good, and that was a great opener. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Shima had to win. Wins and losses matter. Yep. Make him look like a, like a, Credible opponent against Kenny Omega. Yes, um, I was injured. I was a little uh, shocked that Alex Marvez was not involved. 
I wasn't familiar. I noticed with, he wasn't involved. I wasn't sure who that other guy was. You also got to remember he has commitments with NFL Radio, and I know does it's he, June. Oh, I know it's June, and I'm not saying that something you know was going on that weekend or not because I don't technically work with NFL Radio on a day in day out basis. Um, but he does work for SiriusXM NFL Radio, so it's, there could have been something going on. Or maybe that guy who was there was a video game. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe and, they just didn't want him on the paper. He likes wrestling and video games. They want right. to put him on. Right, like if you see Alex Marvez, if you don't see him on Fight for the Fallen, and if you definitely don't see him on All Out, then we have you know an issue here. But yeah, I'm, him being off one pay per view, especially one of the minor pay per views this year, that that That's not a big that deal. didn't really throw me off the marks of no. why is Alex Marvez not on commentary. I just noticed. I'm like, oh, Alex Marvez isn't here. Okay. Could have been a video game guy. He could have had you know a prior obligation. You know, you never know. And again, it was one of the minor pay-per-views that they let us stream for free. Mm-hmm. And confirmation, we are going to get hey, Fight for the Fallen I'm, for free. I'm okay with just Jim Ross and Excalibur. Well, yes. Those two are I getting, said it before. They're I'm, getting really good with their chemistry. I said it before, you know, off mic and on mic. I'd love Alex Marvez more as a host role backstage. I think he'd be phenomenal at that. Um, mm-hmm. Because of, you know, his work over the last 10, 15 years. But anyway... Um, and just like I was saying before, it is confirmed Fight for the Fallen is mm-hmm. going to be free as well. Um, in the in the buy-in, that triple threat tag match, man, that was really good. Yeah. The private party. Oh, my God. I was really excited to see these guys. They were fantastic. Who had contracts in their hands the minute they walked backstage. My one issue with the match and private party. I can't remember that kid's name. But him screeching at the top of his lungs. <laughs> that really took me out of the match. I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Keep your mouth shut. I'm like, why are you why are you screaming like that? Yeah. Like, remember when um Colin Delaney came back for a SmackDown? I think oh, that God. him and his him and his tag partner jobbed to the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah. Him or his partner got that like that huge scream. That was a meme. It for sounded like, two like weeks. it sounded like this. Right. And I'm like, now, if that moment had come, if they were coming to job to do big guys, okay, I get that. But when you're getting hyped up, you're screaming like that? Yeah. That was my one issue with the match. Other than that, the match was great. Right. SCU was great. Best friends are great. Private party. I mean, these guys are here to stay. They're young. They're young guys. And obviously influenced by guys like the Hardys and Edge and Christian. I would think the Young Bucks are influenced in there. Um, the Hardys, I think, actually wrestled Private Party at their indie promotion. Not their indie promotion, but an indie promotion that they work at a lot. Mm-hmm. The, the last, uh, I think it's GOH. Yeah. Uh, that's that's actually the last uh, promotion that the Young Bucks are going to be doing their indie show. Mm-hmm. Uh, indie shot. Which is in August. Mm-hmm. Um, so Best Friends won that. They're going to go to All Out for the uh, first round buy match. Uh, and then later on the ma- in the night, um, we had that fatal four way. MJF, man, he's so great. <laughs> One of my favorite lines in that promo was, "Look, guys, 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 listen, Florida. I love video games too. Okay, they're fun. Yeah, yeah. Come on, video games, video games. I used to play video games all the time, and then I lost my virginity. Yeah." <laughs> He is so great. If there is like I loved his post media by the way. Oh, that was great too. He They he, let me do whatever I want. He, me, that, he didn't say that. Well, I, I'm, tr- F, I'm trying to curb it. The F I want. Yeah, I'm trying to curb it here, guys. Um 
But yeah, MJ, uh, Hangman Page won that match. Makes sense for Hangman to win the match because they do want him to be. I able. do wish that they had Hangman MJF at fight for the fall, though. Like I, I, am, I am a little upset that we're not getting that. Not match. that Kip Sabian and Hangman won't be a good match. And it will be good. It's just it, it makes would. sense to finish the rivalry at fight for the fall and and then have Hangman focus solely on Chris Jericho. You could just do a big swerve and Hangman could win the title and then he feuds with MJF. You could do that. They but, could do that. But we've been talking mainly about you want the company to be legitimized and mm-hmm. a big reason to do that would be to put the belt on Jericho and have to hold it long hold it into the TV deal into that first or maybe second pay-per-view and then drop it to Hangman have Hangman chase the title but you're right it does make sense it really is a toss-up to who's going to win that match in Chicago it really is I think so they're really it could go it could go either way it really could go either way it makes sense for both of them to win Jericho to legitimize the company and Hangman to have that young you know, talent, Mm -hmm. take the belt into the TV deal and have that rivalry with MJF or a legitimate, you know, heel wrestler in the company. So I agree. It it is going to be a coin flip going in all out. um, He tweeted today, uh, Selena wasn't even that good. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, my God. All, like, uh, Latino people were just... Livid at him. Well, the first tweet I saw was a gift from the office. Was, why am uh, I surprised? First, I'm sorry. Why am I not surprised that he did that? He says, "Like uh, my question, like yeah, I have a question. Yeah, my question is, um, who the hell do you think that you are?" <laughs> um, yeah. So MJF, just he's great. He's he, great. he can do no wrong. I think the um, the one thing that we have to touch on with yes, Fighter Fest was, um, but let's talk about Cody's match first. Well, yes, that's what I was getting Darby to. Allen. Let's talk about that first, which was not bad, actually, very good. This was a reason why, out of all the guys who wasn't going to win the match, I didn't think Hangman could win because I thought MJF could win, or potentially Jungle Boy or Jimmy Havoc get like a like a, a schoolboy pin, a right. roll up, and I thought it was for sure that Cody would win. I really liked that. That it went to a draw? Yes, because they're really implementing and enforcing the whole time limit thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, they said 20 minute time limit. And as the time going on and on, Cody couldn't couldn't beat Darby Allen. Darby Allen also legitimized Darby Allen as a player. Oh too. yeah, for sure. Like the if fact you, that neither of them won the match. Obviously, it sets up Cody, but it sets up Darby Allen down the line too. I mean, if Darby could have gotten a win over Cody, that would have been huge. But I still think this is just as good for him because that might be even better. Well, not better than the win, obviously, but that's just, that's as good no, as it's going to get. I think so. And that's as good as it gets without Cody losing the match. That's trust false spot. His spine hitting the. That ring. hurt my spine. Oh my god. And the new Undertaker guy that, that remember the yeah, I saw black guy like uh, like that's the new meme. And Excalibur goes, yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that guy's face says it all. Oh my god, that was brutal. Right. Um. But yeah, decent match. Uh, I like. I agree. I like that it took the twenty minutes. I like that it went to a draw because it you helped know, build up Darby. It Allen. helped build up Darby Allen without beating Cody and also leading to what happened next. Yes, because also Cody had does have a match with Dustin against the Young Bucks. He still needs to look good. Right. Him having a draw makes him look fine. Makes him look fine. Didn't and take hey, a loss. You, you did a great job building a new star in Darby right. Allen. Didn't take a loss. You have your main event match against the Young Bucks next week. Mm-hmm. So, but then, well, but then, then <laughs> and then, then um, good old Sean Spears, aka Ty Dillinger, for those who don't know yet. Uh, Cody and him are, are good pals. Oh, what do you, what you got there, Sean and? Bam! Bam! The chair shot heard around the world. That silenced that was twelve thousand people. So Sean Spears came comes in after the match, and Cody's just kind of like 
out of it from the match and then turns around and there's Sean Spears whacks him in the head with a chair and with less than a minute Cody's bleeding yes and out cold yeah Uh, it was confirmed from Tony Khan and the Young Bucks that the chair was a gimmick chair in that press uh, uh, the media after the show Mm -hmm. which I love that they're still doing that by the way yeah that's very good too um, but obviously something went wrong. Spot went wrong. Yeah. C- C- Cody is okay, though. He got 12 staples in his He'll head. He'll be a fight for the Fallen he next week. He'll be a fight for the Fallen, and there's no concussion. So, so thank, thank God he's okay. Because it looked bad. Like, honestly, like mm-hmm. when I watched that chair shot back, and obviously I knew what happened because mm-hmm. I had heard about it, but I had to watch it back. And oh, it so didn't cool. look like the hardest chair shot in the world. It really didn't. Like, I just remember Jeff Hardy hitting Brock Lesnar as hard as he could with a chair, and I thought Brock died on impact. But I like how you're holding the mic right now. Now. Yeah, right? Like a wine glass. Exactly. But um, but it was the way the chair connected with his head that you knew that something went wrong. No, I know. Like when he just like fell immediately. Fell completely like down, legit, out cold. He legitimately got knocked and out. And the commentators weren't selling it. Cody was legit not moving. Like out cold. He I mean, got that's, up. That's hell. That's that's great selling there, kid. Yeah, it looked oh, like it hurt. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great uh, sell, kid. Looked like it I hurt. Mean, MJF ah. came and then uh, SCU uh, came SC, out. SCU came out. Um, I think, obviously, this will lead to a match at all out. It has to. It has to now. The, the if ne- if, the if next, there were no plans now, CJ, there has to be right now. The next day on Instagram, Sean Spears. Turn this light on. <laughs> it's dark in here. Not anymore. Uh, Sean Spears put up a clip from the Nightmare Family YouTube page uh, channel when they signed when him. When they signed him, and Cody was going on, just give, complimenting him, saying, "You know, he's great. He could be a great player, coach. Uh, he's a great hand." Sean Spears put up the clip of Cody over and over again, saying, "And he's a great hand. And uh, he's a great hand. He's a great hand." When he gets an opportunity to explain why he did what he did. He's just going to go off on Cody. Yep. He's just going to say, like, I'm a great hand. That's all anybody ever says, that I am a great hand. Everyone in the internet, everyone in... Oh, my light just went out. And it just went out. Everybody's here and there and here and there. I'm just expecting, like, such a great promo from Sean Spears. Yeah, you're going to get it, too. Um, So, yeah, this will probably lead to a match at All Out for Sean Spears and Cody. Uh, I'm really excited for that. But... Spears is great. He's really great. Yeah. And he has been able to work really great, uh, do really great character work. And I really don't think he's ever been really given a proper shine on a big platform to show what he showcase what he can do. Right. Sure, yes, he had, he had great time in NXT. But as far as like mainstream appeal, not much. He hasn't really had that much opportunity. Right, but no, I agree with you. I think when we when we finally get the answers from Sean Spears and the road to All Out and things of that nature, because this will stay silent as we get towards Fight for the Fallen. Mm-hmm. We may not even see something in Fight for the Fallen. Sean Spears costs, you know, the Rose Brothers the match against the Young Bucks. We could see something like or that. Or he could come out after the match. Or he could come out after the match. It's a little tease, and even after like they have a hell of a match between you know, the Bucks and the Rhodes Brothers. The Bucks and Dustin can be there, like just like, come on, come on, like it, like it's four against one, and and Sean can just like be like, mm, nah, I'm not or I'll give you one even better about this fan. Takes out Dustin. Ooh, really yeah. intensify this rivalry now. He takes out Dustin, and if that. this is Dustin's last match itself, not that that's one way to go out, but 
let's say he does the same thing to Dustin, hits him with a chair, and hopefully he hits him correctly this time. <laughs> Can you imagine that rivalry going in all out? I think that just adds more fuel to the fire. Absolutely. And that makes people more interested in the match. Yep. So I do think when we do get the answers from Sean Spears, like you said, it's going to be, I'm a great hand. Well, after I'm done with you at all out, I'm going for the ring, I'm going for the oh, ring of honor title. I'm going for the all elite world title. I, and I'm going to show you how great of a hand I am sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was my one complaint. I liked the idea of the chair shot, but then again, because it was wrong, now we have to go back to the conversation of CT and wrestling, mm -hmm. this, this, that. Are they going to do that again? T Tony and Con Tony Khan said Tony, it, too. He, he did say that... We're, they're not going to do that on TNT. They're not going to have a whole lot of violence that we saw tonight on TNT. He's like, tonight was a pay-per-view, so it's an exception, and there's definitely probably would see more matches like this on pay-per-views, not as a regular basis, but once in a while. Right. But definitely not on TV week to week. Right. But um, because, again, I said to you this to you off mic, I wouldn't be surprised if the TNT executives called Tony Khan and said, what was this? It's, it's, it's possible. And especially with the chair shot, what was that? Yeah. Like, and again, you know, they all admitted it was gimmicked, but it went wrong. And it happens in pro wrestling. But that, go wrong. But that was a big reason. And, you know, Chris Benoit was another one uh, that they mm -hmm. took away chair shots to the head in WWE. And the first time out of the gate in all elite wrestling, they screwed up. Big time. And thankfully, Cody's okay. Thankfully, he's okay. Only got 12 stitches in the back of his head, but it looked worse than it actually was. Just, you you live, you learn, you move on. Right. Everybody's fine. Build to this match with Spears and, and Cody. Right. Which will be awesome. Which I, I would look forward. The story, again, I think the big thing with Cody is that he may not be like a caliber wrestler like someone like Kenny Omega or AJ Styles. He's great in the ring. But Cody is just great at building story and character work. That's right. something that I think he's really proven in the past number of years, especially since he's left WWE. Absolutely. Um, I then get to the the quick little story that my that okay. our good friend. Before good we friend find out Joe, if Russo blocked you on Twitter, yeah. Um, he said to me today, and this is pretty funny. Um, he's like, he gets in our group chat and goes, CJ. I was thinking the other day, and there is this VCR of a pay per view. Uh, from WWF that I would watch all the time as a kid. Okay, WWF, this is already going off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, it was a WWF at the time. What I'm saying was it was so long ago, I can only imagine what yeah. kind of match he's going to talk so about. So, he's like, and I I would watch this match all the time, and for years, I thought it was like the greatest match I had ever seen. Oh, God. I'm just like, damn, it could be anything. He's like, and now, mind you, I was also a stupid child. I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, this is Melina like, and Alicia like, Fox. Guess, he's like, guess the pay-per-view or show and guess the competitors. I'm like, okay. I'm guessing Rumble or Mania. I don't know. He's like, okay, what about the competitors? I'm like, Val Venus and Goldust? I don't know. He's like, you got Goldust? Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh damn. Okay. I'm like, he's like, well, you're wrong about Mania and the Rumble. I'm like, well, tell me, what is it? He said... Goldust versus Tajiri. Oh, stop. Sunday night heat. You're, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> he, I'm like... Get some help. <laughs> I, I was laughing, but I was like... Not that Tajiri and Goldust aren't good, but as a kid, you thought that was like the most amazing match you've ever seen. He's like, yep, not Austin and Brett, not Taker and Sean, not Austin and Rock or any of those matches or Triple H and Foley. Nope. Not Rock Jericho. Frig not friggin', any of that. Friggin' Tajiri and 
gold dust but he's a big gold dust fan fair okay the, just uh, remember cj it was it was about six months ago we saw i think it was matt jackson go through a table and almost die in his very last ring of honor match mm. probably one of the better ladder nick, matches i've ever seen it was nick jackson nick. one of the better ladder matches i've ever seen but gold dust and tajiri was his fa- okay get get some help <laughs> stop it uh, hey, he didn't. He didn't like Dustin and Cody. He thought it was just okay. Remember? Uh, well, yeah, that's very true. You know, and, you know, they only they only got a five star match out of that. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the fans. podcast. Thank Joe you for Alley. Thank you for listening. We get some help. <laughs> uh, anyway. um, uh, my uh, now nah, let's just get to Russo. So garbage. let's find out what CJ did to possibly get blocked by Vince Russo on Twitter. What did this I do today? So I, this I is our this is our second again. edition of Did CJ get blocked by Vince Russo on Twitter? I think that's honestly the best name for the segment we could possibly come up with at the yeah, moment. Just Anybody simple. wants to give us a better one? Let us know. Yeah, DM us at uh, at TNAWP. Yes, on Twitter. Um, so what did I do today? I you said something today that I quote tweeted on, oh, on our u- account. My Uber data is still on. Great. Oh good. Okay. Um, I assumed you Ubered from Sea Caucus today. No, I Ubered from when I got back to Lynnhurst. Oh okay. What did I say? Pulling up the tweet here, folks. So it was early this morning, and I was looking through Vince Russo's Twitter and seeing like what I could do to tr- potentially get potentially get blocked. Yeah. Russo for re- you people. Re- Russo retweeted this guy, the 65-minute Magic Big Josh Hinkle at Big Josh Joshomania at the Vince Russo watching the greatest world title match, Vince Russo versus Booker T Long Island Nitro. Oh my god. He follows this up with I hate Marks Vince Russo. I just bring him to my block party at Macy's window, bro. What the hell are you even talking about? <laughs> and another guy replied to him, says, get your eyes checked. I haven't visited WCW 2000 since 2000. It was rough. They tried, they tried though, to do a good job. Oh, that wasn't so, that wasn't very uh, insulting. I like to get your eyes checked. Thank you. One person put six-star match. Six-star match. <laughs> That's clearly sarcasm. I, I applaud you, good sir. Very good. And I just quote the tweet and go, LMFAO with like laughing face emoji. Vince Russo in a good match. Get the F out of here. <laughs> so let's do an update here. Did he block me? No. Ah. Uh, all right. So the segment it. will live on another week. Uh, but a segment that we hope won't go away anytime soon. CJ always likes to give uh, a match for us to watch over the next course of a week. It could be any type of match, any time frame, whatever. CJ, what's your match to watch for the week? Uh, this week, I would like you guys to check out. It's another Will Ospreay match. I've been a Will Ospreay kick lately. CJ's a Will Ospreay fan. I love Will Ospreay. He's so great. So is Seth uh, Rollins now. <laughs> so... Best of the Super Juniors. That was me, Sean, on your phone. That was okay, I, I saw. Um, best of the Super Juniors final. Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takaji. This match was friggin' amazing. It's maybe my favorite match Will Ospreay's ever had. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, they built up Shingo Takaji as this guy who came into New Japan. He's, 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 apparently he's a legend in Dragon Gate and Noah. He's been around for a long time. He's 37 years old. He was initially a junior heavyweight, and he won the junior tag titles with Bushi at uh, Wrestle Kingdom this year. Right. When LIJ took all the titles that they were they had a match involved with. Um, but he had not been pinned nor submitted for as long as he's been in New Japan, mm-hmm. and he was really built up really well. And it was a struggle for Osprey, like 
Osprey was really selling the, I believe, the head of that match. He was doing, oh, no, that was against Dragon Lee. Bonus, watch that one, too. Will Osprey versus Dragon Lee at Dominion this past year when he won the uh, title. But when he won the best of the Super Juniors cha- uh, tournament, he proves in his match recently that he do- does less high-flying moves, and he proves that he can still go with the heavyweights. Mm-hmm. He wants to be that guy who, the junior guy who can beat the heavyweights. Him and Shingo are in the G1, but man, I th- there was one towards the end of the match when he's hitting like three of his big sing- uh, finishing moves all at once when he hits the Oz Cutter into the Stormbreaker. Like Osprey is just one of the best wrestlers in the world, man. He's on a friggin' tear right now. He's like top three, top uh, top five best wrestlers in the world mm-hmm. say with like him uh, Gargano I mean Okada Omega style like, like it's Osprey's just so damn great and right. I can't I can't wait for him his matches in the G1 I mean he's gonna be wrestling Kenta and Tanahashi it's gonna be really good absolutely so yeah Shingo Takaji versus Will Osprey, best of the Super Juniors Finals 2019 very nice thanks CJ so that'll do it for this edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast episode 30 we hit 30 number 30 number 30 we'll be back next week obviously we have another big week of wrestling to talk about as of next week we'll have more Raw and Smackdown updates as we lead up to Extreme Rules fight for the Fallen next Saturday that's just a glaze thing it goes off every couple of okay, minutes make the room like, sound like, better like a demon just hissed at me well I mean well considering we have that and the light went out uh, before as I turned it on so I Maybe there is like a demon a in here. Or snake, maybe. Well, you know, you have a few of those in New Jersey. I hate snakes. <laughs> um, so we have Fight for the Fallen to I'm talk tired about. Are these mother snakes on this mother plane? That's probably such a honest. We'll talk about that movie at a later date. That's another podcast. <laughs> Sam Jackson episode of this podcast. Exactly. Coming out next week. So we have Fight for the Fall next Saturday. We have Evolve next Saturday, so we'll touch on that next week. Yeah, we'll probably uh, just touch on Evolve. We're, I don't think we're really necessarily going to do predictions for evolve i mean we'll talk about it we'll watch it at some point right some pretty good matches there I mean, see get, which show is better got matt riddle versus drew gulak their first match they had in nxt was fantastic mm-hmm. uh akira tozawa versus adam cole i later is that for the nxt title or it, no it is i discovered that evolve came from dragon gate and akira akira tozawa was was helped make dragon gate what it is today mm-hmm. so i think that's why he's on this show right because i thought it was really random like Excuse me, like, really? Akira Tozawa? Right. And obviously, with next week being Fight for the Fallen, that means we're one step closer to All Out in Chicago. And Raw. Street Profits showed up. That's Oh, that's right. Street Profits made their debut. Real real quickly, do you think this is a thing of them getting called up, or is it kind of a thing of, here are these guys in NXT... This is kind of what they're about. Honestly, come watch watch NXT. The second one. I really hope it's that. I hope it's that too, because you know what? As much as I love Street Profits on Raw, they just really made a name for themselves just a couple of months ago. They just won the tag titles. They just won the tag titles. They they are just getting their feet off the ground. Like, they're not ready yet. Like, so I I hope it's that. I hope it's. If Heyman does that with NXT guys. Oh, God. It'll, like, oh, you like what these guys are all about? Go watch NXT. Go, Go watch NXT on the network. Yeah. 
this watch him every week. Who knows? Maybe you know. Maybe on Raw next week we have Shayna Baszler appear as the as the women's champion. You never know. Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream come up every now and then. Maybe we start seeing him on SmackDown too. Done or the Undisputed Era. Right. Never know. If it's like that, I'm okay. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Like, and I'm not saying that if they're not really like, for example, Shayna Baszler could come up tomorrow. That's fine. But Street Profits again, they're just getting their feet off the ground. Like, Mm -hmm. leave them down there for another six months to a year. Let Mm -hmm. Triple H really build their character, and then bring them up to SmackDown or Raw. But yeah. if it's one of those things where they're just previewing NXT, I am all for that. Yes. Absolutely. I hope that's the case. And maybe next week we will find out more on that. We'll find out more. So, Sean uh, McChesney. CJ Palmasano. See you next time.